0: Welcome to the First Prez podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at www.first-prez.org. Friends, open your Bibles, with you to Luke chapter 5. And as we turn there, let's turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord, there's nothing like your Bible, your word. So we pray that you would open our hearts and our minds today, every one of us, Lord, every one of us, that we might by your power hear the words of life. In Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. Amen. Luke 5, 1 to 11, hear the word of the Lord. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Amen. 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 Well, you might all know uh, the name Jeff Foxworthy. You know that name? And uh, he popped up in my, my social media feed this week, and I thought about Jeff Foxworthy again. I hadn't thought about him for a little while, but some years back in 2005, he published a book called The Redneck Dictionary. Don't get offended, Anybody? The Redneck Dictionary. Do you remember that? It was words that you know that you didn't really know. Words such as mayonnaise. (laughs) Mayonnaise, are a lot of people shopping at the mall today, aren't there? (laughs) Get it? Mayonnaise. Or a word like uh, aorta. Aorta, mow that grass so those boys can play ball. Or a word like initiate, initiate. First you ate two cheeseburgers, initiate a whole bag of potato chips. (laughs) These are words I hadn't thought about for a little while. But it, it made me uh, remember that we actually have one of these words in the McConnell home, and it's become such a part of our, of our lifestyle in the McConnell home that we don't even realize we're, we're using this word the way that we use it, and it's the word sensuous. <coughs> don't get excited, because <laughs> you thought you knew that word, but what that word, how that word really works is this. Sensuous already up, go grab me a drink from the fridge. <laughs> And I'm telling you, we use this all the time. We use it with our with our kids, you know. Sent you as up, hey, grab my phone, would you? Or sent you as up, get, let the dog out. And I don't think Peter and Liam, my little boys, even know where it came from. I think I think they're going to be genuinely, uh, uh, ex, you know, ex surprised to learn what sensuous actually <laughs> means. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, sensuous. Well, you, you know, yeah. You, where are we going? You, you, might, you might think of, <laughs> you know, I'd love to know, right? <laughs> you, you, <clears throat> stick with me, stick with me. You might think of this moment with Peter as kind of a sensuous moment. You know, sensuous here, can we, can we go out in your boat? And, and uh, sensuous out there already, can't you drop down the nets? And, you know, sensuous here, do this and that. Well, listen, though, this is not a, a coincidental moment. This is not a happenstance kind of a moment, that just, since everything's happening this way, let's just have it happen like this. No, no, not at all. This is a moment where Jesus reveals himself to be the answer to our deepest questions, to be the solution to our deepest needs. This is Jesus revealing to us that he is the light we've been looking for and he is the life we have always wanted. Someone asked me this week if I get discouraged about how the next generation is looking at Christianity, and I said, no, I don't. I don't. I really don't. Because, you know, uh, every generation genuinely believes in studying history. Every generation genuinely believes that the ministry of Jesus is going to end with their times. You know that? But you know what I've noticed? It doesn't. It's been about 2,000 years, and Jesus is still reaching people with his ministry. So I don't get discouraged. I just get excited to see how Jesus is going to show up in the lives of the next generation. Because what Jesus brings is not a solution to a generational problem. What Jesus brings is a solution to a universal problem. We all need Jesus. We all need God. We all need to be at peace with the God who made us, our maker. We all need a spiritual foundation where we know that we are solid and secure in him. In fact, every one of us, no matter what generation you're a part of, since you was here, I might as well tell you that... <laughs> I won't do that the whole time, I promise. It's tempting. But friends, in every one of us, there's, there's, a, there's a space, there's a hole, there's a gap. In our heart. In fact, it was put there by God, our Maker. And you will not be at peace until you are at peace with God, and He fills the hole in your heart. Without God, life is life is just this endless journey to nowhere. Without God, your life it just it your greatest achievements ring empty. Without God, your suffering is meaningless without god life is just it's just gray it's just boring we all need god we all need jesus and we need to know our lives are in his hands your life in his hands my life in his hands friends how does it happen how does it come to be well let's watch it happen in this man Peter. Look, verse 1, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to, say it with me, what were they listening to? The word word of God. God. Hey, underline that in your Bible. You see, Jesus speaking is the word of God. That's no small claim. The word of God does its own work. You know when the word of God is speaking to you. You know when God is addressing you. You know when it's happening. Jesus sees two boats left by the fishermen washing their nets, and he gets in one of them, and Peter sees this man get in his boat, and so naturally he (laughs) comes over. uh, Why are you getting in my boat? (laughs) And so here's point number one for us this morning. Point number one. Jesus gets in your boat. If we were thinking in terms of religion, if we were thinking in terms of religious piety, the the work that we try to do to get into God's good favor, I wouldn't be talking about Jesus getting in your boat. The question would be do you know how to get in Jesus' boat? Do you know how to get in to the the good graces of God? See, religion is this effort to get to God. But this isn't about religion. It's about the saving work of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, he gets in your boat. Jesus is is after you before you're after him. God is interested in you before you're interested in him. And so Jesus is going to speak to you. He's going to show up in your life. He's going to get in your boat. And in fact, the, the fact that you're here this morning at this church at this hour tells me something. It tells me that Jesus is already in your boat. You might not know what to do with him. You might not know how to process Him speaking to you in your life. And maybe that's why you're here. But Jesus is already in your boat. Verse 3, He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon. He asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Simon Peter becomes the first AV team leader in the church. Do you know that? He's just using the tech that he's got to amplify the message. I, I joke about that with our AV guys and all our guys that do all this hard work for us. They're just amplifying the message with the tech that they have. So this was the way of amplifying the voice because, uh, so that more people could hear Jesus. Go out on a boat, speak with your voice across the surface of the water. More people can hear at the same time. What is Jesus' concern? Jesus wants to reach the greatest number. To do the greatest good to the greatest number. And what text should we leave behind or what messaging should we just leave behind because we're not interested in the new technology? None of it. Jesus is ready to use whatever he's got to reach the greatest number. Do you see that? But look now. While Jesus is teaching the people, the crowd, you see, teaching the masses, he's also teaching Peter. He's drawn very close. Do you ever hear God speaking to you? He's speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to all of us. He's speaking to the masses. But do you ever hear that he's speaking directly to you? It's not an accident. Then Jesus performs the miracle. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch, Simon answered, (laughs) master, it's just a sign of respect there, sir, buddy, you know, we've been out here, we've been out here all night, and uh, hey, hey, uh, listen, you know preaching, we know fishing, okay, and we've already been out all night, we've been been fishing, we didn't catch, there's no fish, okay, there's no fish, (laughs) master. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how long Jesus stared him down, but it was long enough. And Peter, he broke down, and he, he put out the nets. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. If you follow what's happening here, okay, Jesus the rabbi, the preacher, he tells the fishermen how to fish. Since you was out here, drop the nets. Right? And Peter's reply is, Master, it's just a sign of, hey, sir, uh, listen, sir, there's, there's nothing to that. He's not really submitting himself to Jesus as master. He's just saying, a sign of respect, Master, you don't, you really don't know what you're talking about. We worked all night, we, we got no fish, I just cleaned the nets. But he gives in to Jesus' commands. Because you say so, says Peter, I'll do it. Because you say so, that's why I'm going to do it. Because you say So, listen now, you don't know what is on the other side of your obedient response to Christ's call. Are you with me? Sometimes you have to step out to find out. But there's something else going on here. Peter, you see, he, he's he's not gonna just he's gonna make sure that, that this whole thing is Jesus' responsibility, not his. This whole dialogue, this whole little moment, it sets us all up for what Jesus knows is coming, but no one else does. And, and it, the whole interchange sets it up to where Jesus and Jesus alone is responsible for what happens next. It's not by Peter's authority that the nets drop. In fact, he washes his hands of the whole thing. He says, I want everyone around here to know this isn't my idea. I'm not going to be the one holding the bag when you guys are frustrated and tired and, and we have to go through all this rigmarole again of cleaning these nets off. It's not me who did it. I want everyone to see it's, it's him. It's his dime, not mine. It's his idea, not mine. He's responsible for this, not me. Because Peter's pretty sure that this is going to be a failure. Watch what happens next. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish. Their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners to the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled the boat so full they began to sink. What happens when Jesus is in charge? It's a miracle. It's miraculous. It's magical. It's a Jesus-only, only Jesus moment. And he gets all the credit. But here's the real point. Point number two. Jesus exceeds all expectations. What are you hoping you might get out of Jesus? What are you hoping to get out of life? Jesus exceeds all expectations. I want you to get into Peter's mind for a second. Okay, listen. For a lot of us, and I'm going to speak for men, I'm a man, uh, for, uh, for men in particular, I think, for a lot of us, there is a great pressure, a great pressure to perform and succeed and make a mark. Are you are you a little bit better than the next guy? There's a great pressure. And Peter grew up fishing in his father's business of fishing. He grew up fishing and he spent All of his life, driving at that. All of his life, he wanted to be the best at it. He spent all of his energy driving after, get more fish, right? This is the goal. Get more fish than the next guy. More success, more name recognition. Listen, everything hung on that one peg for Peter, get more fish. If I get more fish, I get more profit. If I get more fish, I can get more boats, get more employees. If I get more fish, I'll, I'll be more successful. Listen, let's be honest. If I get more fish, then I, I'll get a better wife. If I, you know, everything is hanging. If I get more fish, I'll be more influential than the next person. Get more fish. That's what it all hangs on. That's what I'm after. Get more fish. In an instant, without a word, this Jesus shows up in his life and absolutely blows Peter the fisherman out of the water. Get more fish. Is that what your heart wants? Get more fish. Is is that really the sum of all good? Get more fish. Is that worthy of, of your sacrifice morning and night? Is that worthy of the sacrifices your family make? Get more fish. Get more fish. Is that what's on The altar of your heart? Here's more fish. How about a load of fish that you can't even handle with you and your friends and your friends' friends and all their nets? Sure. Get more fish. Two things. Listen. First, first, Jesus is better than you. Did you hear me? He's better than you. He is. He's a better fisherman than the fishermen. Jesus is is a better lawyer than you lawyers. Jesus is a a better teacher than you teachers. Jesus is a better father than you fathers. A better mother. Jesus is a a better businessman than you than you business people. He's a better investor, a better financial advisor. He's a better salesman. He's a better preacher. Jesus is better than you. If you don't have Jesus out in front of you in your personal vocation, if you're not trying to do it more like Jesus does it, you're missing the boat. Jesus is better than you. Second point on this. Do you see what's happening to Peter here? I want you to get into his heart. I want you to get into his, his psyche. Everything that he had set his heart on, everything that he hoped to be as a man. Everything that he had defined in his life as success, as worthy of sacrifice, as, as worthy the effort to gain. Everything that he hoped to, to be, he rushed over him in an instant. Get more fish. How about a load of fish you can't even you can't even imagine? You can't even carry. He got his dream. You see, he got the end of his venture, his most deep-seated desire, there it was. And what I want to think is that Peter saw it and immediately he realized something clicked within his heart, something shifted inside of him, and immediately a thought ran through his head, something like, something like, man, that's a little empty. That's what I always wanted. That's what I always dreamed. That's what I always longed for. It's a little empty. It's a little shallow. Something clicked in his heart like maybe I was aiming too low. Everything that he was striving after since he was born felt a little shallow. Get there now. It's a chaotic scene. The fish are flopping all over the place, you know, and there's slime and fish and all that. And and, uh, they're filling up the boat and their nets are creaking and snapping and the men are calling across the water, come help, come help. And the boats are coming, crashing in. There's lines getting thrown across bows. There's nets, you know, getting pulled up into the water. And these fishermen, they're animated. I mean, they are in it because they know what fishermen know, that these fish are not landed until they are on the Land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fishermen know that. You fishermen know that. Oh, I've got a great one. Huh? You might not. So they are engaged with getting these fish all the way to where they need to be. And along the shore, the people are shouting and singing and crying out. Wow, what a windfall. This is an amazing day. And in the middle of all of that chaos, with the water slopping in over the, shore, over the edges of the boat, two eyes meet. Jesus. And Peter. And they lock. You ever feel like God is trying to get your attention in the middle of the chaos? Third point when you finally see Jesus, you hit your knees. When Simon Peter saw this, verse 8, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. It's not easy to go to your knees in a, in a boat full of slimy fish and, and fishermen yelling and shouting and, and water slopping in over the edges. It's not easy to go to your knees, but that's where you find Peter before the Lord. If your first response to your awareness to Jesus is to try to push him away, you're in good company. Jesus is the existence of something truly holy in the world, something truly beautiful, something truly and genuinely and authentically good. He, he, is, he is the presence of, of light. And when you find yourself in that kind of light, you can't help but immediately see your own faults, your own sins. Go away from me, Lord. But look at what Peter calls him now. Take a note here. Go away from me. What? Lord. He sees the Lord. I see the Lord. I see the Lord. I know the Lord. And I am undone in his presence. Now, the very same power that drove Peter to his knees lifts him up again for salvation And service. Last point: Jesus saves you, so you can be you. You want to say that with me? Jesus saves you, so you can be you. Then Jesus said to Simon, "Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. All the intensity with which your heart was after more fish." All the passion with which your life was surrounding this idea of capturing more fish. All of that passion and intensity will now be sent out that for you to reach women and men with my light and life. All the intensity and knowledge that you spent on getting your nets over more fish is now going to be spent on capturing people, not to bind them, but to free them with the life that I'm giving them. You will be, Peter, a fisherman. You are a fisherman. I save you so that you can be you. David was shepherd boy, grew up to shepherd a nation. Paul, the tent maker, he grew up to to stitch together church plants. Uh, The Samaritan woman at the well who longed to draw water, she became a source and a flow of living water for all of those around her. This is how God works. He saves you so you can be you. Hallelujah. You finally get to be you. And you get to be you with Jesus, not without him. He saves you so you can be you. So they pulled up their boats, verse 11. They left everything and followed him. How about you? They left everything. Jesus could ask them to leave everything because he gave everything. They left everything and followed him. Jesus is worth being followed because he is everything. This is a, uh, a moment for us to see Peter and, and how Jesus interact with, with him. You see, Jesus could tell Peter, don't be afraid, don't be afraid of your sinfulness because I can handle your, your sinfulness. I can handle that. Jesus, he he says, don't fear your sinfulness. I have a plan for that. Jesus is the cure to the sin-sick soul. He is more than you expected. And Jesus has come to gather those in need. He hasn't come to gather the healthy, but to heal the sick. If Peter turned to him and said, I've got everything all together, Lord, well, we'd be done. But Jesus, Peter, he hits his knees because he knows he needs the Lord. And Jesus says, well, that's exactly what I was looking for. I'm looking for a humble senator who's penitent, who knows his, his own faults and is willing to follow me. I can work with that. I can use you. I have a purpose for you. I'm saving you to be you. Jesus hasn't come to gather the healthy, but to heal the sick. Jesus hasn't come to reward the pious, but to bring holiness and health to sinners. This place, this church you find yourself in this morning, this is not a museum for saints, friends. This is a hospital for sinners. There's new, there's new life here. There's wellness here. There's cure here in Jesus Christ and in what He has done. Don't be afraid, says Jesus. We all know our own failures We all know where our hopes have been dashed by our own shortcomings. We all know where we have hurt ourselves, hurt others, insulted the God who made us. What's to be done? What's to be done? Peter was aware of a debt he could not pay. And he cried out to the Lord. Get away from me. I'm a sinful man. But do you see Jesus in the boat this morning? Look at him there. Get away from from you. Turn me. Turn away from you. Never. Don't you know? I love you with an everlasting love. Don't you know? You're, You're the object and the aim of all my affections. Turn away from you. I love you. I give my all for you. I have loved you from before there was time. Turn from you. I have known you from before the moment you were born, and you are the one that I've come for. For you, I cross the darkened sea. For you, I traverse the infinite divide. Leave you? Never, never. For you, I give my life. For your restoration, I take the cross. For your forgiveness, I shed my blood. For your eternity, I enter death. For your life, I give my life away. Leave you. Glory to Jesus. He says, I never, I never... I would never leave you. Never. Just open your heart and know my grace and my forgiveness. Friends, the love of Jesus has won your life. He's in your boat. He exceeds anything that you would imagine. When you see him hit your knees before him, he saves you so you can be you we're going to pray today as we close this time together. See, because many in the room, you pray to the Lord all the time, but I know in a room this size, some of you are here this morning, and, and you, you maybe if you have prayed to the Lord in, in any kind of personal way, you haven't given your life to Him. If you're hearing the Word of God speak directly to your heart this morning, it's because today is is a changing day for you. It's a from now on moment. The past is past, the future is, is, is not securable by you and, and I, but today is a from now on moment. Jesus isn't a figure of ancient history. Jesus is God and he's right here right now. And his word is the word of God. And when he's speaking to you in the crowd, you know it. And when he's looking at you and getting your attention in the chaos, you know it. And I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is here this morning. And today is your day to meet Christ, to know Jesus Christ. To walk with Christ from now on, from this day forward. The scripture says, therefore if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The old is gone. The new has come. Today is your day to say yes to Christ and to know the forgiveness of your sins from this day forward. When you see him hit your knees, he saves you to be you. What I'm saying is that right now, is a moment where you can know new life. Peter and James and John and all their friends, they they left everything and followed him. They left everything and follow him. It's an everything moment to say to Jesus, I'm no longer my own. You've won me by your love. My life is in your hands. Do you trust Jesus this morning? I'm going to ask us to pray straight across the church. I want to ask you to follow me in prayer. If, you, if, if you're hearing the Lord speak to you today, all, you, all I'm asking you to do is to make this your personal prayer before the Lord and follow along in the words that I say. Pray them after me. But you're praying them. To the Lord, not to those around you. And friends, this is church. No one prays alone. No one walks down this road alone. We're all together. So I'm going to ask you every voice who's willing to pray after me. Let's pray. Oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, my God. Thank, you Jesus, son, thank you for sending Jesus, your Son. To be my Savior and Redeemer. I am, lost in my sins, I am lost in my sins, but you have found me by your love. You by your love. Now, from say, now from my heart I say, I believe, in you. I, believe in, you. I in you, I trust in you, my life is in your hands. In, your hands. In, Jesus in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.